Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. All right, we got a full house here. That's fantastic. All right, yeah, you can applaud yourself. Go ahead. We have a big house here. I want to welcome everybody online as well. I know we've got people here in Georgetown watching our Giddings campus paying attention, tuning in, and people on the West Coast and East Coast. So welcome to everybody, and Merry Christmas to all. So 700 years before the birth of Jesus, the prophet Isaiah spoke of the day when the Messiah would come. And he said that in that day, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Now, the human condition described here is what? We walk in darkness. Like apart from God, apart from God's presence, we walk in darkness. Did you know the word darkness is spoken of some 200 times in the Bible? 200 times. You know, it's a metaphor of sorts. It's a picture of life apart from God. Life apart from God's wisdom, God's direction, God's love, God's care. And we have important decisions to make in this life, and we don't know what to do. We're foolish, we're ignorant, we're confused because we live in darkness. And this darkness, it causes us to hurt other people. It causes us to fear. It causes us even to lose hope. We live in darkness. And this darkness is a deep darkness. I mean, you can't turn on the news without hearing about it. I read a story out of Iraq about the conflict there between the Sunnis and the Shiites. And as the story went, six individuals were simply walking out of a mosque where they had been praying. They were seized, doused with gasoline, and burned alive publicly. A doctor who worked in Rwanda said that in the days of the genocide there, There was a pastor of a church, and his son worked at the local hospital. And his son was instructed to gather together 20,000 people from the Tutsi tribe. And the hospitals could do that. They could convene people. And so this individual did. And when they got them all together, all 20,000 of those Tutsis, they chained them up and slaughtered them right there in the hospital. I mean, simply because they were from the wrong tribe. It's a dark world out there. And the darkness, people, it's not just in the hearts of evil terrorists in the world. It may be more pronounced. It may be more visible in the lives of the ungodly, but it is in all of us. Unfortunately, we kind of get used to it. You know, if our lives are going well enough, we get used to living with darkness, but God never gets used to it. You know, sometimes the darkness is more subtle, and it simply takes the form of choking our hearts. I read about this study that was conducted at Harvard University, and this is what they asked the Harvard students. This was the question. If prices were the same, which option would you choose? Option A, you make $50,000 per year, and everyone else makes $25,000 per year. Or option B, you make $100,000 per year, but everybody else makes $200,000 a year. Now, which option do you think a majority of those Harvard students chose? Option A. 
Like that's the human heart. Most of us are willing to take a 50% pay cut to feel superior to others, to have other people envy us. We walk in darkness. A gentleman by the name of William Bacchus, he cites research that indicates that the average individual in our society today lies 200 times a day. Wow, think about that. And lying, it's just one form of verbal sin, right? You add gossip, slander, uh, you know, insults, bragging, flattery, unkept promises. It really starts to add up. And maybe that's why the writer of Proverbs says this, when words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. People, there is darkness in our world. There's darkness in me. There's darkness in you. Like there's greed in you. There's anger in you. There's selfishness in you. There's deceit in you. Need I go on? Okay. I know you're thinking, man, thanks for the encouraging word, pastor. Like, Merry Christmas. Why did I come here? Hey, there's a reason I'm beginning with this, okay? It's quite simple, really. You can't appreciate the light until you've come to grips with your own darkness. Let me say that again. You cannot appreciate the light until you've come to grips with your own darkness. Folks, ours is a deep darkness. John points this out in John 3.19. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. That's just the human condition apart from God. And I'm telling you, maybe you're here today and you're thinking, no, I'm a pretty good, upright, moral person. Let me let you in on a little secret. There's a darkness inside of you. It's a little thing called sin, and it may not be a big deal to us, but it is a big deal to God. It's been said, the reason we don't run to God is because we don't know how much trouble we're in, right? Most people don't realize that this darkness I'm talking about, it has the ability to separate them from a perfect, holy, infinite God for all of eternity. It's a big deal to God, the darkness on our earth, so much so that he said, I'm going to clothe myself in humanity. I am coming down to earth in the form of a baby. I'm going to solve this issue. And he would come into this world as light shining in the darkness. And those who recognized him for who he claimed to be, like Simeon, would call him the light. The light. Now, you heard Jason read Simeon's story earlier, and I just want to spend a few minutes focusing simply on what is known as Simeon's song. It's a song about salvation. It's a song about a Savior. It's a song about light overcoming the darkness. See, Simeon, he eagerly anticipated that day when the light of the world would come into this world, and God granted him the privilege of seeing that light before his death. One day, the Spirit moved him to go into the temple, and upon arriving, he spotted the baby Messiah. And he took Jesus into his arms and praised God and and broke into this beautiful tune. It's called the Nunc Dimittis, which is Latin for now dismiss, one of the first words in the song. And here it is in Luke 2. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Simeon is looking into the eyes of the only being, the one being in this universe who can rescue us from our sins. This little baby will bring light into a dark world. 
He is the glory and the fulfillment of God's promise to Israel. But more than that, he is the means of salvation for all people, Jews and Gentiles alike. Jesus is the Jewish Messiah that brings glory to Israel by revealing that the one true God is indeed the God of Israel. But God's mercy is going to swell over the banks of Israel and bring revelation to all the nations. The prophet Isaiah described the mission of the Messiah like this. It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Judah and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. God's servant Messiah did not come simply to restore the glory of an oppressed and sinful Israel. That's too small a thing. Now, Jesus will reveal the one true God and the one true way of salvation to the Gentiles as well, who, as Paul says in Ephesians 4.18, are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their hearts. Over in Isaiah 42, God puts it like this, I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those who dwell in darkness from the prison. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another. The mission of Jesus to the nations is to open their eyes to see who the one true God really is, to shine light into darkness. But the question becomes this, will all eyes be opened? Like, will all hearts be healed? Well, Simeon continues in verse 33. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Simeon prophesies that some in Israel will accept the Savior. They will rise and accept Jesus as their light. Others will fall and speak against Jesus. And the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Translation, everyone will have to make a choice about this child. Is he the Messiah? Is he the light of the world? Well, some will turn away from the darkness and by faith step into the light. And they'll find love, joy, peace. Comfort, security, forgiveness of their sins, eternal life. Others will choose to stay in the darkness. And sadly, they'll never find relief from their fears and their confusion and their hopelessness. I'd like to share a little story with you. It's a story about light and darkness that, interestingly enough, actually comes from a children's book called Can't You Sleep, Little Bear by Martin Weddle. Some of you may have heard of this before. It's a story of a big bear and a little bear. And as the story goes, during the day, big bear plays with little bear, and they play in the sun, and, and they play in the snow, because obviously they're not from Texas, right, where God is from, but they, they play in the sun, and they play in the snow. And then at nighttime, big bear takes little bear into the bear cave. Big bear tucks in little bear. Big Bear tells Little Bear, it's time to sleep. But Little Bear can't sleep. Little Bear is wide awake. 
And we'll pick up the story here, and I'll give you the Cliff Notes version, okay? <clears throat> Big Bear pads over to his bed and says, can't you sleep, little bear? No, I'm scared. Why are you scared? Because of the dark. What dark? The dark that's all around us. Well, Big Bear notices there are corners in the cave that are still dark. So he gets out a tiny little lantern and says, now you can sleep. Now there is light. But little bear can't sleep. And he tosses and he turns and Big Bear tries a bigger lantern and then he brings out even a bigger lantern, the biggest lantern of all. But still, little bear cannot sleep. He tosses and he turns. So for a fourth time, they have this conversation. Can't you sleep, little bear? Little bear says, no, I can't because of the dark. And Big Bear says, it's all light in here. But little bear says, I know, but it's all dark out there. He points outside the cave. And so Big Bear picks up Little Bear and says, let's go out there. Into the darkness? Yes, but I'm afraid of the dark. Big Bear says, you don't have to be afraid, Little Bear, because I brought you the moon and I brought you all the twinkling stars. But Little Bear could not hear because Little Bear had died of fright. The end. No, that's not how it goes. <laughs> be a horrible story for kids. <laughs> Whoever said no, way to go. Yeah, at least somebody called me on that one. <laughs> Let me try that again. <laughs> Merry Christmas. All right. <laughs> Little bear. <clears throat> let's pick this back up. Little bear. I couldn't resist. Little bear could not hear because he had gone to sleep. Warm and safe in Big Bear's arms. Isn't that a good story? At least until I butchered it there at the end. Okay. You see, what made Little Bear unafraid of the dark, it was not the moon. What made Little Bear unafraid of the dark, it was not the stars. It was not the lanterns, big or small. What made Little Bear unafraid of the dark was the fact that he was with Big Bear. It was the one he was with who took the fear out of the dark. Well, here's the overarching message that God has for us at Christmas time. The sovereign Lord of the universe saw the human race, you and me, stumbling around in the dark, confused, ignorant, afraid, selfish, stained with sin to the core of our being. Yes, we are. And I know that's hard to hear. But for some, there's a stubborn response. Oh, I, I don't like those words. Well, I, I don't like them either. But it's true. God saw all the ugliness inside of us, inside of every person in this world. God saw all that, and here's the amazing thing. This God is a God of infinite love and infinite goodness. So God saw all this mess, all this ugliness in us, and he did not send a warning. He didn't send a rebuke. He didn't send a punishment. He didn't send an idea. He didn't send a religion. He sent this man who embodies all that the human race was intended to be and all the love that God has for us. He sent a person. He sent his son, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And listen 
to what Jesus says. I am the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. People walking in darkness, you know about that, don't you? Greed, anger, selfishness, deceit. Maybe you've made some decisions in your life that you're extremely embarrassed about. It's called a lot of pain. Maybe you're, you're hiding. You're living kind of this secret life. Can't you sleep, little bear? No, not sleeping very well because of the dark. Like it's all around us. It's out there. It's even in here. But listen to me. Here's what God says to you. God says, I know all about the darkness in you. And there's nothing that you have done that can make me love you any more or any less than I do. There's no darkness that is too dark for the light to penetrate. And some of you in here, you need to hear this right now. This light is for you. His light is for you. If you've never done so, you can step into that light today. Like Simeon, you can take Jesus into your arms. You can embrace him. If you do, your life will never be the same. Your life will never end. And I can assure you, he's the only way, the only way you'll ever find peace. He'll give you salvation. He's the light of the Gentiles and the glory of his people, Israel. See, you can reach out and embrace Jesus because he's reaching out to embrace you. No matter what you've done, no matter what darkness is in your past, you just turn to God in faith and say, God, I know there's darkness in here, but I believe that Jesus came to be the light of the world. I believe he, he died on that cross for my sins, and I want to receive that free gift of forgiveness and eternal life. I want to step into the light. In a few moments here, we're going to pray, and you can take that step of faith. But I want to say one more thing before we close. Perhaps you're here this afternoon, and you are a child of God. Like, you're a believer, but honestly, you've been walking in the darkness rather than the light. That's possible, too. And I would encourage you to say, this is, this is time to come back. How about we come back, we get right with God as we head into the new year. Like, you can live in the light moment by moment. The Bible calls that abiding in the light, abiding in Jesus. We call it around here, doing life with God. And I'm telling you, it's the only way to live the best life possible. It's the only way to have victory over the darkness is to live in the light. The only way to have victory over sin. If you're struggling as a Christian, it may be because you've wandered off the lit path. You're over there in the darkness. So don't wait to get back on that path. Like make that choice today. And I can't think of a better New Year's resolution than that. 2023, I'm doing life with God. I'm living in the light. Let's pray. This afternoon, if you're here and you've been in the dark, if you're not 100% certain that if you were to die today, he would go and be with Jesus forever, you can be when you walk out these doors because there is absolutely nothing you have to do. Jesus did all the work for you. Let me encourage you right now, just in the quietness of your heart, say, Jesus, I believe you are the light of the world. You're the only one that can dispel the darkness inside of me, that can wash away my sins, that can forgive me and give me eternal life.
And I believe your promise that if I put my faith in you, you will forgive me. You will assure me of that place in heaven. And I'm doing that right now. I'm not trusting in myself. I'm trusting in nothing but you, Jesus. And for the rest of us this Christmas Eve, I would pose this question. Just think about this. Can you say what Simeon said? Lord, I've served you faithfully. I've seen the light. I've walked in it. You could take me home right now, Lord. I'm ready to be with you. Can you say that? Or do you get some sense that God's purpose for your life is not fulfilled? You've been putting off getting serious about your relationship with him, about walking in the light. Let me just encourage you right now. Just confess whatever has been blocking you from living for Jesus, from doing life with God. Lay that down. Just say, God, this is what's gotten in the way. And this next year, I want to do life with you. I want to live in the light. I want to be a disciple, a follower of yours and commit to you. Lord, we are so grateful that as dark as this world is, the darkness is everywhere. It's inside of us. It's outside of us. That you did not leave us in the dark. Instead, you came. And you are and forever will be the light of the world. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name.